Welcome to Mayfield Baptist Church. We are very excited to have you with us here. We do encourage you to follow us on our social media, which you can access through our website at mayfieldbaptist.com. Please feel free to like and subscribe to this podcast to keep you up to date with our latest messages. We do hope you enjoy this recent message from NBC, that it may help you connect to God, grow in your faith and serve in your own context. I believe Jesus was quite a creative individual. He often told parables or stories that gave a a, a visual word picture of of the kingdom of God and related to everyday objects. Now, I'm I'm also a bit of a creative person. I love how our church as well values creative people. So in in order to help us get into the creative mood looking at a parable, I'd like to uh, look at a few pictures. What do you see here on screen? A, A duck? Two things, a rabbit, a rabbit duck. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to preach about the parable of the rabbit, okay, or the parable of the duck, no, but it's interesting that you can see two things in one image. How about this one here? What do you see there? Two faces, two faces. A face straight on, a face to the side as well. Ah, yeah. This one here. This will get you thinking. What do you see here? Mexicans? Mexicans? Mexicans. Anybody see anything else? Got some elderly people's faces. But then there's also a guitarist as well there and a lady in the background. And this is an interesting picture because it's a little bit like a parable. There's a story to it, but there's, a, there's different ways you can see it. You know, There's different layers of meaning. And these, these ways we see this are not, they're not contradictory, they're complementary. And in the same ways, parables can be seen in different ways. They, they complement one another, layers of meaning. And parables can be really simple, a bit like a, a baby can be sort of, you know, sitting and playing in a baby's pool. Or they can be really deep, like an elephant swimming in an ocean. You know, they can have a lot of, it's very profound. And Jesus taught a lot through stories and parables. He used them to connect everyday objects to realities and truths about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus spoke about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is a place of the rule and the reign of God, both in the physical but also in the spiritual as well. And so he took an everyday everyday object, like a seed, and he said, this seed is, is like the kingdom of heaven. And today we are looking at the parable of the mustard seed. Let's have a read of this. Matthew 13. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds can come and perch in its branches. A simple but powerful story about the kingdom of heaven. So being a bit of a creative individual, I've done a picture, I've done a drawing of what to me, this parable means. And so I'd invite you to have a bit of a look at that on screen and, and see what you think. And I'm going to read this parable again and see whether you can pick up some of the ideas that, that I've, I've drawn and painted in that parable. So he said, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in a field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds can come and perch in its branches. 
So this picture that I've drawn has a, 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 a number of layers of meaning. I wasn't clever enough to be able to make one of those cool pictures that you can sort of see two things at once in. But it tries to capture some of the, the, the depth of this parable. It's the idea that Jesus came as a child. And one of my friends looked at this picture and he said, why is there a baby in a bathtub? It's like, it's not a bathtub. It's, it's a manger. It's a manger. So Jesus is in the manger at the base of the tree. He's the, he's the, he's the seed. And the tree grows into a man, like the, the adult Christ. And then he, he, he comes and shows us the love, love of God. He lives a life that we could not. He dies in our place. He rises again. You've got the sun there. And he invites all those who receive him to come and become children of God and to be forgiven and to start a new life. The birds of the air coming in. And then this, this seed itself becomes a seed that we sow. It, it comes into our life. It changes us. It transforms us. And so this, this message itself has a little germination seed there which grows and changes. Now, I would put to you that there's a number of different ways this parable can be interpreted. The most popular one is the idea that, that Jesus is the seed that was planted in history. He came as a baby into, into history, born as a child, grown as a man, Died, crucified, rose again, and and he is and he is the germination of of he is the the meaning, he is the fulfillment of the kingdom of God, and then we can come and receive him and find rest in his presence in his branches. There are other ways this parable can be seen as well, like the seed of Jesus planted in our hearts. So this message of grace and transformation, we receive that in our own hearts, and we are changed, we grow. And we become like Christ. And then as that song said, we sung today, it is the seed that we receive that we will sow. The idea, the third idea, it is a seed of Jesus that we plant into other people's lives as well. So three different ways to sort of see this, this parable, all complementary. So today I'd like to look at some kingdom principles that, that go across these all these different ways of, of seeing this parable. And these principles uh, give us insight into what God's kingdom is like. They're not laws, but they're ways God's kingdom works. You know, a mustard seed is tiny. Give us a little idea on the screen there, how big it would be if it's in your finger. It's like one to two millimeters. But it grows into a tree which is around about 2.7 meters tall. That's massive. That's, that's a multiplication of 2,700 times. You know, God's kingdom often starts small. Now, Jesus came as a child. Before he was a child, he was an embryo. Before he was an embryo, he was a collection of cells. But this child changed the world, changed history. It's changed our lives. This idea as well, that when we, when we hear the message of Jesus, hearing Christ and receiving him into your hearts, that can be a one-time act, a tiny moment, but it changes your life. It transforms who you are. It transforms you into the image of Christ and, and changes the way you treat people, changes the way that you, you act. And this same idea comes a, a, a seed that we sow. You know, one act of kindness, one act of, of obedience, a, a simple scripture can change someone else's life. You know, oftentimes we put a lot of emphasis on the big things of, of life. I believe it's the small things. It's those small habits, those small practices that can make all the difference. 
No, things start small. Out of little things, big things grow. So don't overlook the small practices, the small acts of kindness, the small acts of encouragement, the, the little people in life. You know, Because out of little things, God is doing amazing things. Another theme here that I see in this message is it is the hidden nature of the kingdom. You know, seeds are incredible. You, you plant them in the ground, you push them into the soil, and you cover them up. And it seems like nothing's happening. It's like gone. You can't see anything. It seems like that seed is dead. But actually, it's never been so alive. And it's the same with the coming of Christ in, in, into our world. You know what? The, the Old Testament finishes in the book of Malachi. And then there's 400 years of nothing, complete prophetic silence. And God's people are wondering, what is happening here? What is going on? What's God doing? Has God finished? But we know on the other side of that, and the people of the New Testament know that, that those years of silence, God was actually working in hidden and surprising ways beneath the surface. Yeah? And Christ was coming. He was coming to, God was revealing himself in a new way in the coming of Christ. It looked like nothing was happening on the surface, but actually God was doing profound things beneath the surface. The same is true in our lives as well. You know, the, I think it's what's happening in beneath the surface that's, that's really important. Oftentimes we can't see that. Oftentimes we will project a picture of how we're really doing. But actually on the inside, God knows what's happening in the deeper areas of our lives. You know, I find this passage really interesting and quite confronting in, in Matthew 6, 6. Jesus says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And so there's this secret devotional life, the personally walking with God. It's not public. In fact, Jesus was, was quite critical of people who made a big show of their devotion to him by praying on the on, on the corners and looking really good. But actually on the inside, they were like whitewashed tombs. And for us, it's an encouragement to press deep into God, to put our roots into him under the surface. What's happening in your, discipling of, in your discipleship and following Jesus underneath the surface, in those areas that only God can see? You know what, it's also, the kingdom is often hidden when we are sowing seeds in other people's lives as well. Who's ever experienced that when you, when you pray for someone, you really believe it, and you, and you believe God's at work, but you don't see it. Your prayer's not answered. It doesn't work out as you thought it may have. You know, I've certainly experienced that I, when I was a young person, I, my friends and I used to go to school early on a Friday morning to pray for our friends used to rock up in the freezing Armadale winter. And, um, and we used to pray for our school and pray for our friends that they'd come to know Jesus. Now, one particular friend that I prayed for through all throughout year 12, he didn't come to faith. It was very discouraging. It's just like, God, wow, why is it not happening? Why is it not happening? He came to youth group, heard about Jesus, but never responded in faith. Now, he went away and he went on a gap year over to America for a year. Didn't hear from him for a year. And he, he came back. And we caught up together and he said, Andrew, I've got something to share with you. I'm not sure how you're going to respond. But while I was away overseas, I became a Christian. He could have like knocked me over with a feather. I couldn't believe it. He's like, yeah, I've been thinking about faith and 
and I was, I, was, I was staying with this pastor, this American pastor, and he was like preaching to me all the time. He wouldn't shut up. And we're like, he's arguing together. And he's arguing with me. And I was like, this sounds really bad. How could you have come to Christ? I have no idea. But this pastor said to him, what if it is true? And he said, as soon as the pastor said that, I just felt the presence of God come upon me. And I knew it was real. And it changed my life. I'm like, that's incredible. Even when we don't see it, God is working. Amen? Amen. In hidden and surprising ways, like a seed under the soil. Oftentimes, I hang on to this passage here. It's, it's so wonderful. Isaiah 55. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose which I sent it. God is working. A kingdom of renewal. You know, in this, what, hap- what happens to that seed? Goes into the soil. What happens to it? Anybody know? Gets re- germinates. Does the seed continue to exist? No, it dies. The, the seed is replaced. It's renewed. In order that the plant may grow, the seed must die. And I think there's a kingdom principle there. I mean, we see in Jesus' life himself that Jesus came to give his life as a ransom for many, to die those that, so that we could live. This, this same idea, I think, exists in Christian growth and discipleship. You know, oftentimes there are difficult things happening in our life. There's pain, there's trial. But in the midst of that suffering, in the midst of the, the, the grief and loss, God is at work, often doing his most powerful work in our lives. It's really hard. And we, sometimes we really don't like it. But God is bringing renewal and bringing change in the places of our lives where great pain exists, where there's loss, where there's grief, maybe even where there's death. God's bringing about new things and change. You know, I think we all experience grief and loss in our world. And what we do with that is so important. I love what Carl Fays have to say, has to say about this. How I deal with my pain may well be the most significant factor in how my life will pan out. The things I go to for comfort in response to the question, what shall I do with my pain, will probably define the person I become. It will also define whether my pain is transformed into something useful, beautiful, and neighbor-loving, or whether it's transferred into others, calcifying into business sickness, and broken relationships. Friends, we all will experience grief and loss in life. Where do we go? What do we do with that? Do we just paint a, a mask? It's all, everything's all right? Or do we, do we move that, that pain and go into unhealthy things? Or do we press into Jesus and into loving community and process that with God and allow him to grow new things? You know, this last, this last principle here from this, this message is that the kingdom is there to be a blessing to others. And I love how the birds of the air come into this, this, this parable. You know, they're, they're just flying around, but this tree, which was a seed, 
is is there to be a blessing to them is for them to find rest. And these birds come in, and these birds are, are like it could be the Gentiles, it could be humanity in general. But Jesus' life is there to be a blessing to others. He had this others focus component to his ministry. You know what? This is what Jesus said. He said, For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And as followers of Christ, we are to do the same. We are to be a a blessing to others. And I love what Baptist World Aid brought today. Thank you so much. This church, we seek to be a blessing to others. We seek to invite the stranger, invite the alien, the person who's who's marginalized into this, this this church to be part of our community. It's hard sometimes. It's awkward sometimes to be that loving person. But you know what? That's what God calls us to do, to be a blessing to others. And there's this idea that as you sow a the DNA of a community that blesses others, it passes on. It's, it's contagious. If you've ever received, really received grace in your life, you just want to pass it on to other people as well and to give what you have received, that, that idea of being a blessing to other people as well. John 13, 34 to 35, Jesus said this, A new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so friends, God is growing good things in our life. From little things, big things grow. I just want to leave you with an encouragement to think, what what is God saying to you through this word picture today? How does it intersect with your life? Where is that place of, of pain, of loss, that God is growing new things, that God's spirit is renewal, is breathing life into? What's God saying to you today? And how can you respond in faith and trust to the Spirit of God?